I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the cycling app that makes training fun. Here with Benji, UAE Tour Stage 3 ITT, the first World Tour TT of the year, so see people's different setups, who's going faster, who's been in the wind tunnel, who hasn't, from Ajman to Ajman, 9Ks. And so this was a, a TT literally of two halves because there was an intermediate turnaround at halfway through with 4.5Ks of the 9K TT. The first half, tailwind, and the second half, headwind. So the riders were averaging like 60 to the U-turn and then 50Ks on the way back to average 55 k's an hour i would be expecting riders to do quite severe negative power splits and to be focusing on gaining time on the second half i think we saw that with some of the riders but yeah you know how we do tts get into the results stefan bissiger of ef education easy post taking the w over ghana his odds were a little short and i was like mm, someone knows something his manager jonathan Volters told us when matthew Keffer on twitter said is the young bull ready he said yes he's ready he smacked ghana 943 55.5 average seven seconds into ghana who didn't average 55 dumoulin third on 14 pagacha fourth again good tt 18 almeida four seconds behind pagacha 22, Bjerg, UAE 456 on 24, then Debod and Vlasov on 24-25. JPP, a good TT for Bahrain given their setup. And Philipson 10th on 28 seconds. What do you make of that top 10, Benji? Any surprises or uh, expected things for you? I was hoping that Dumoulin would eventually end up in that podium on this time trial, which he did. So that's a cool thing to see. And I think the biggest surprise, let's be honest about it, Phillips in top 10. I didn't really see that Crazy. coming. I thought he wouldn't even try, to be honest. But it's cool to see him try. And I'll go back into that a bit later in this podcast. But first, I'll like to focus on the uh, most important riders in this time trial. Bissiger and Gena. Gena, I'm not sure we can call it an, over, an underperformance. Bissiger was just better today. And we can talk about the win situation all we want, but if the road goes in one direction for the first half of the time trial and goes in the opposite direction in the second half, I, without any expert mat- mathematics knowledge and so forth, would expect that that would even itself out if the wind changes throughout the day during a time trial session. Or am I wrong in that aspect? Well, they spend more time on the second half, almost a minute more, but... As Jonathan Vortis is quick to point out on Twitter, Bissiger put a second into Ghana on the tailwind section because Ghana likes a heavy negative split himself. That's what he did in Worlds, where I think Van Aert was maybe up on him in the intermediates, the first one. So Bissiger beat him on both ends, one second at T1 at 4.26 v 4.27, and then T1 to finish, 5.17 against 5.23. So Bissiger paced it perfectly. 
and just you beat Ghana. Like last year, I think he lost 20 seconds or so, 15 seconds to Ghana in the 13K swirling TT. It wasn't out and back, it was a loop. Does this already change what you think could happen in the Tour de France stage one, Benji? No, not necessarily. I think that Ghana at his peak goals in the season always performs much better than the races that are surrounding that. So I wasn't expecting him to deliver a time today that would be on the level of his World Championships form or a uh, Giro first time trial form, for example. Now, I wasn't expecting Bissiger to beat him personally, although there's been signs in the past of Bissiger being much better at shorter time trials and longer ones. And we've seen that his range is somewhat between the prologue version of time trials and 25-ish kilometers. Once it goes over that, he starts losing more time. You have the same feeling about that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he has done some okay longer ones, but these short TTs, he is just unbelievable. Benelux Tour last year, 11K TT, he averaged about 55 and put 20 seconds into Kung. 11Ks and 23 into Dumoulin. It was big, big TT. And even Ifini, who was, he's on a good setup and was flying, put 15 into him. So, yeah, he just seems really good. He's got the POC Temple helmet on, uh, seems to suit him, very aero. How he goes in technical sections, this just has one turnaround. I think, I don't know, we'll see in the Tour. The Tour TT is more technical. I think it suits Pedersen types more. But Gano, you're right, Benji. We said it yesterday. Okay, he's won the prologue at Bessege. He's won the TT at Tour de la Provence. Oh, no, it was the last stage in uh, Bessege. But who's there? And and what's the margins? And Ganner at 90% can win those. And so it's difficult to predict how he'll go. But, yeah, I think I, I think this was not peak, peak Ganner, but I still think Bissiger is unbelievable at these top TTs. Dumoulin, yep. though, you said Benji. Were you yep. pleasantly surprised that he could put four, five, six seconds into Pagatra and Almeida? Yes, certainly, because it's a good sign for the Giro as well, knowing that he's a GC leader for Yumbo together with Tobias Falls there. Those two riders can time trial, and there's a time trial, I think, on stage three, if my mind serves me correctly. So, yeah, that's going to matter. You sure there's not unlimited time trial in that Giro, because like it's the least of all the Grand Tours, but it's going to matter nonetheless. And just seeing that the form is there is something that I like because it also shows for this UAE tour that he might be competing for GC podium or something like that. So uh, I'm I'm fascinated to see what Dumoulin brings this week. I was hoping he would put in a good time just to see if he has good form so that we can see him in the coming mountain stages. As simple as that. Do I expect him to climb better than Pogacar on Javel Hafid? No. No, I don't think so, and the gaps are too small here. Uh, other riders like Vlasov, who was good, much improved TT last year at uh, Astana, he got this pacing strategy wrong. Yeah, but his shorter time trials seem to be better than his longer ones, right? Yeah, I think you're right. He's pretty good at, like, I think 15Ks, he's really good. But here, him and Paulus, so it's funny, Bisco got it right, on EF, Paulus didn't. So Paulus did 4.31, four seconds behind Ganner at T1 and then did a, the 16th best time on T1 into the headwind to the finish and ended up finishing 10th. 
Vlasov even more severe. He was three seconds behind Ganna, level with Dumoulin at T1, and then completely blew up 13th, I think, from T1 to the finish, dropping from fourth to eighth. So, yeah, pacing important in these. And conversely, Kwiatkowski, Benji, he was 57th. <laughs> so Philipson, Philipson and Kwiatkowski are very aero, I think. He was 57th at T1, Philipson 22nd, and then they moved up and did ninth and 8th best times into the headwinds. So they must have low CDAs, uh, those two those two riders, but yeah. Uh, that's the stage results. Let's talk GC contenders, though, who are not all in the top 10. Adam Yates wearing a helmet that is looks six, seven times too big, but whatever works, works. And I think it worked, Benji. I was really surprised by his TT. I was uh, expecting a decent time on a short time trial by Adam Yates. But this is indeed better than I expected, I would dare to say. He's only losing 11 seconds to Pogacar on this time trial, which is good because if it's more than that, he's kind of already having trouble in GC if it's like 15 to 20 to 30 seconds. So he'd need to actually put proper time into people on Jabal Hafid, which is not the easiest thing to do against Tade Pogacar. So it's good that he's relatively close for the further uh, follow-up of the race. And I'm happy to see this for further sections in the year as well to see what that offers in a grand tour and so forth what grand tour is going to was it welta if i recall correctly it's not named yet but he's not on the giro and tour de france list for now so you never know it might be the welta which has time trials should he yeah i think so with no bernal i think yates to the tour is key and Mm -hmm. just some data to back up that I think his TT's improved. I think Pagatch's TT, he was actually better than last year's. He put time into uh, Bjerg. He put time into Almeida again. I think he lost to Bjerg last year. But Yates yep. lost 2.6 seconds per kilometre last year to Pagatcha across the 13K TT. He lost 1.1 seconds per kilometre here. So much, much closer per kilometre. And... His back end was really good, even though he looked like he was blowing up in the last 400 <laughs> meters. Because, like, as Benji said, 25 seconds, 30 seconds with just Havid, because Jais is hard to make gaps. It's, we saw last year, it was too much. Like, he, you can't gain that much time back. Uh, any other GC guys, surprise, underperform Benji? I'm looking through uh, Masnada. Eh, not great. Um, yeah, to be honest, like I, I kind of feel like Jungles was doing a, a good first part of the time troll and then fell in the second part as well, dropping way down as well. So that's one of the riders I was kind of disappointed by by the end because I'm hoping that he comes back in some shape or form after his uh, was it head injury that he had and left him uh, off the bike for quite a while. When it comes to energy seeking, then as well, to be honest, the ones that matter are in the top ten. And that is uh, in top 12. Sorry, sorry, Yates. <laughs> Yates, yeah. Pogacar, Almeida, perhaps a Dumoulin, Vlasov. Those are the riders I was looking for and those are the riders that performed. So I wasn't expecting Bilbao to necessarily win the uh, UAE Tour. <laughs> if he does now, I'm going to look so stupid. <laughs> but um, in all honesty, I, uh, I want to go back to Jasper Philipsen for a second. He's getting a good time trial in here. 28 seconds behind Bissiger. Uh, let's say we've got... How long is the time trial at the Tour de France? It's... Also, roughly 10 kilometers in length. Yeah. Is it 
a thing where riders like him and Edemar and so forth should try and do that TT as fast as possible, knowing that yes. they could get bonus seconds the next days. But also, if they survive in GC until stage five, which is a cobble stage, Edemar and A. Philipson can keep pretty high up in the stage like that. Exactly. I think I think Philipson with a more technical TT too, like he can stay pretty close. So. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and we're expecting those guys to do that. And Philipson will be going to the Tour de France. I'm pretty sure Alps and Phoenix have already uh, confirmed. Otherwise, Hindley, not a great TT, first up for Bora Hansgrohe. But Benji, stage tomorrow, Jabel Jais, it's the long climb. They reversed them. Her feet was the first climbing stage they did last year, 18Ks, 5.7%. We don't expect big gaps. It's easy not stage beforehand. Draft's important. It should be. It was a group sprint last year, won by yep. Jonas Ingegaard. I think is is a big win for him. Pagatra and Almeida, UAE've got cards to play. They've got Dumoulin's the only GC contender ahead of them, and yeah, they're <laughs> looking pretty strong. I uh, who do you think? I think Pogacar wins this year on Jabal yeah. and the reason that I think so is that while Almeida, or it's either Pogacar or Almeida, I don't know who's going to last minute choose to ride the last 400 meters to make sure nobody can attack so that the other can sprint. Because they can both win a sprint on a mountain. So I'm kind of looking at that aspect potentially. I like, yeah, I can't disagree with you. (laughs) Pogacar, Almeida, punchy, fast guys. Nielsen Powers, I'd like him to ride conservatively, try and get a top five GC here and... He's got good punch too, so maybe he can do something for EF. Uh, but what I want to talk about, Benji, and we saw Luke Plapp riding a road bike in that TT today, and it reminded me we haven't provided our opinion on this yet, and <laughs> we have to provide our opinion on everything in cycling. But before we get into our discussion on TT bikes, a word from our show partner, Zwift. Zwift is the cycling app that makes training fun, but training's not always about crushing intervals. Sometimes it's just turning your legs over for 60 minutes, which that's what it is most of the time for me. The LRCP Zwift Q&A ride tonight, 6 p.m. UK time, 7 p.m. European time, is the perfect opportunity for a social ride with a few hot takes from me and Benji thrown in for good measure. If you're listening later on, same time, Tuesday next week, we'll have our UAE hot takes on that one there. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the podcast. Road bikes or TT bikes, Chris Froome last week after the Bernal crash prompted him to come out on social media or YouTube rather and say he doesn't think TT bikes should be used in pro cycling. There should still be TTs, but they should be done on road bikes. He provided a list list of reasons, logistics, mechanics, safety, etc. And also that the best TTs he thinks would still perform on the road bikes. And Luke Plapp riding a road bike today. I haven't confirmed the reason yet for why, but prompted me to think what, why, or what we think about it. What do you think, Benji? Because honestly, I hadn't really thought of it before. Well, it's a bit of a, an intricate issue, isn't it? Because there's multiple aspects to it. What I don't like about the way this was brought up is that it was brought up just after the Bernal crash. And I personally don't think the bike was the issue in the crash. Bernal was, as uh, in the police report and so forth, said to be 
riding on the road, training on a speed T-bike at a relatively high speed. There was a bus park there and he was looking at the ground because that's what you do to be as aero as possible to teach yourself the position on a time trial bike and just straight up rode into the back of that bus as a consequence of not seeing the bus, most likely, because otherwise he probably would never run into it. Now, next to that, I think whether you take away that TT bike and put a road bike there, we've seen road bikes in time trials before. Uh, was it San Juan two years ago? Yeah. Half of the riders were looking at the floor in the same way as on a TT bike. So my take on that is that you're going to have the same helmet on. You're going to have the same vision on that bike. You're going to be looking at the floor anyway. Like, what is it going to change? People are still going to train their position. The difference is that your hands are closer to the brakes on road bikes. And yeah, that's true. But if there are road bikes in time trials, people are going to look for ways, positions on the bike, on road bikes, that are better for their ability to time trial. And that's how you went to puppy paws in road cycling. That was banned on road cycling on like the road. But when it comes to TT, Will riders be able to use their forearms on steers and so forth? That aspect. Like, I think people are going to look for dangerous positions once again. It's going to cause other issues. And next to that, I think that there's other things that could be done than taking away the TT bikes. And then I look at what Pitcock said about the issue, which was a more delicate, normal approach in my eyes than just say, well, let's ban the TT bikes. And he brought up the idea of like, making it more responsible in the way that it's trained with TT bikes. Because Bernal, from the camera that we saw when the crash happened, was riding relatively alone with riders perhaps a lot behind him, uh, which didn't react in time probably to tell him that something was happening. Like, let's say a rider is riding, training on a TT bike, try and do so on roads that are less dangerous than actual full-on traffic next to that you've got the option of putting a car behind riders that are training on their tt bike with, with a, they've got radios and races why can't they do that on on training as well and as a consequence just tell them when the danger is upcoming or have riders always next to that rider uh when they're training their position like there's there's multiple aspects to that do you believe there's anything in that well there's people saying, why don't they do it on a close course? Like luckily in Brisbane, 10K is within the center of the CBD. You can go to Murray, Criterium Circuit, Nunder, Crit Track. People are always training their TT bikes there because you go around circles, it's relatively safe. I, I do think that it's inarguable that the TT bikes are more difficult to handle, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, Froome got memed a little bit. Uh, I think I sent Pidcock Instagram account put up a meme saying he's only saying this because the fact the uh, TT bike's no good. And Froome responded to it on his official Instagram account. It's like a 600-follower Instagram account. He's got a million followers. And he responded to it being like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Like, look at the Bernal crash, my crash, Valverde's crash. And I agree, Ben, I kind of take issue with that. Froome, according to reports, took his hands off the bars at high speeds in wind and crashed. So does that mean we should ban TT bikes? Bernal was on a relatively, you know, on a highway, head down. Valverde, that's what I want. Well, I want to talk about. Uh, riders push the limits 
in time trials, irrespective of what bike they're yep. going to use, they are going to cut the corners as narrow as possible. They are going to go Bernard's use the crash. brakes. Exactly. Vanart's crash, Valverde's crash, they could happen and will happen if you ban the TT yep. bike. They will continue to happen on road bikes because these guys are trying to hunt for every single second in those TTs. That being said, I do agree. Why are we doing this? Why are we using TT bikes? The mechanics must be a complete pain in the ass. The logistics, they've just had to haul extra bikes for a 9K, 10-minute TT all the way to the Middle East. The bike companies don't make any money on them. They're a pain, yeah. and probably half the, team, half the companies sponsoring the teams are like, no, we're not going to develop a new bike for you that's faster because we don't sell any of these. These don't go to the triathlon market. And so I'm like, why are we doing this? And Kung said, you know, pure time trialist, specialist, he was like, TT bikes are the F1 of cycling. They drive innovation in cycling. I and yeah, do you though? Does I the do. fact that it's a TT bike drive the innovation? I think it does because they're trying to make the bike and the setup as aero as possible. They make innovation in aero as a consequence. And yeah, they're going to start adapting road bikes then into more aerodynamic things. And it's going to become a half a half a TT bike, half a road bike. And it's going to have the same problems because people won't buy that as well for, for the road. So like they're going to find ways to innovate a road bike into making it more aero anyway. Exactly. And therefore, they're going to need more aero bikes to, to, to be taken with them to UAE anyway. So like these logistical issues will happen as well because you'll, you'll automatically have teams that will try and find the edge once again on the other teams. And teams with money will be able to do that once again. And yeah, unless you have a very specific rule set that says that the bike needs to be this long, it needs to be that shape, it needs to be like that, but then, then you're blocking innovation. And as well, you know, I think other people said, oh, well, the, the best time trialists will win still on the road bike. And I don't know about that. Depends. We, we, have, we have some limited data, like even a pole in San Juan was good. We have limited data that, yeah, maybe that's the case, but that's not World Tour competition. And the, the one real reason I don't want this to happen is because it punishes all the GC contenders that have been good professionals who have committed to hours on the TT bike and rewards guys who kind of haven't done yep. the work on their exactly. TT bike. Or David Gadu, conversely, who was real bad at TT. From all reports, it's like, I got to focus on this. I can't be this shit at TT. Did a good TT the other day after working all the off-season. Imagine they're like, yeah, by the way, the, the 100 hours you logged on the TC bike were using road bikes. And yeah. and conversely, like Lander, if he hasn't done that, and Gudu's like, well, he gets rewarded for not doing that. Uh, that's the main reason uh, I don't really like it. But your prediction, Benji, will they ever change it? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I also like, to be honest, like from the writers that have brought out the information about this we saw pitcock talk about like we mentioned like the lighter ideas like making it safer the areas in which we ride and the situations and circumstances in which we train on tt bikes which i 
I find that normal. It's a team's responsibility to make the situations in which the riders train as safely as possible in my eyes. And some teams don't really do that. We saw Bora sprinting in open traffic uh, two, three weeks ago, for example. But like, there's other teams that are doing that more safer. And perhaps as a consequence, we don't see as many uh, injuries or crashes in those teams. So I think that's also an aspect that teams need to take on personally. Well, yeah, it was brought up, like, should there be a rider's code of conduct when training from the UCI, like people chasing trucks, even on their road bike, people doing, like, Trek Benji, I drive, I see the guys in Andorra, I drive, the Trek guys, you can see a thousand miles away, they run pink kits, Ineos the same, orange training kits, like, that makes a marginal difference too, it's not just the TT bikes, it's also how the riders ride on open roads, Um, anyway. That's our discussion. We didn't really reach a firm answer, I don't think. Let us know what you think about TT bikes. Do you agree with Froome? Do you think they should be banned? Do you think they drive any innovation or do you think they're a waste of time? But otherwise, that was our UAE Tour Stage 3 recap. Pagacha is looking pretty good. Even though he had COVID, he is flying. So he seems to touch wood, be unaffected by that. Mountaintop finish tomorrow. We'll have our recap then. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 